and I know it's a fantasy book so I guess I need to like get past that but like for, for me this is people will probably be like listening to this and be like this idiot um <laughs> Welcome to Red Wine Reads, a community of book lovers talking about our favorite and not-so-favorite books while pouring a glass or two of wine. I'm your host, Jenna Miller, and with me today is our resident romance expert, Sierra Marshall. Now, before we start, I should warn you that we do spoil the endings of the book's review, so if you don't like that, then please go finish the book and come right back to this episode. My goal is to have you read these books with us so you can participate in the conversation. At the beginning of each month, I outline the books we will be reviewing, so whether you want to read one, none, or all of them, the choice is up to you. These reviews are not backed by any science or experience, just purely to opinionated amateur readers. You may hate the books we love or love the books we hate. Everyone has different tastes, but we hope this podcast is fun to listen to no matter how you like your books. So without further ado, let's pull some corks and get reading. Sierra, we are here to talk about These Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. I Here's some quick facts about the book before we really dive into here. Um, so some quick facts is this book was published in November 2020, so fairly new, um, and is the first book of a two-book series. It's got four out of five stars on Goodreads, which is pretty dang good. And then um, it's actually interesting because Chloe went on to TikTok I think at the end of like 2020 and then started using a lot in 2021 and then her sales of this book just skyrocketed as soon as she got onto TikTok and so when she reached the realm of book talk possibilities were endless oh yeah absolutely I know so it ended up being a New York Times bestseller and really really popular I got it from our, my book of the month membership so it, it made its way onto that curated list which is big and this is just a retelling um a creative take let's say on the Romeo and Juliet story is set in the 1920s Shanghai uh and then a little bit about Chloe Gong is she is literally my age uh she is a recent graduate of the University of Pennsylvania where she double majored in English and international relations. Um, I believe she's 23 now. And yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's insane. According to a profile that I read in People Magazine, uh, they they described her as Gong has garnered the attention um, because of her age and talent. She's also celebrated for bringing Asian and LGBTQ characters to the forefront in fantasy. Let's just dive right into our characters. Again, this right. is kind of a retelling. I don't. I wouldn't even call it a retelling, though. It's like a creative take on the Romeo mm-hmm. and Juliet story. I would agree, yeah. So we have Juliet Sai. She is the member of a Scarlet Gang, and you have the Scarlet Gang versus the White Flowers. Those are our two rival gangs that we have here. And so uh, Juliet is, you know, the heir to one day lead and rule the Scarlet Gang, which is the Chinese gang in Shanghai. And then you have Roma Montagov, who is the member of the White Flowers, their rival gang. Um, And he is also the heir and one day will hopefully lead the White Flowers, this Russian gang set in Shanghai. And so you have the White Flowers versus the Scarlets. You have Romeo of the White Flowers, Juliet of the Scarlet Gang. 
and then I kind of broke it up. So we have Kathleen and Rosalind, who are both Juliet's cousins, from yeah. what I yep. can read. Yeah. I think they're so, twins, or tri- they were triplets. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was it. That And Rose Rosalind is a dancer. Mm-hmm. Kathleen, I can't really nail down what she does. Um, I know she was interested in the Communist Party. Right. Um, and went to a couple of their meetings, so... She's kind of the go around work. Yes, yes, that's so true. And then you have Marshall <laughs> and Benedict, who are kind of like Roma sidekicks, um, who also have a, like a secret relationship going on. Yeah. And then you have Tyler, Juliet's <laughs> cousin, yeah. who's kind of like the power hungry guy that wants to overthrow Juliet, kind of like push her aside to become the leader of the Scarlet Gang. He thinks that she's not able to do it. So he's kind of, he's the guy that like wants to fight for the power. He's annoying. Used Um, to being in charge. Used to being in charge. Uh, And those are like the main people that you got to know in this story, I feel. Did I miss anyone? Uh, Roma's sister or yeah his sister yeah Um, all righty let's just get into the summary before we get into our thing (laughs) to our discussion (laughs) like I was telling Sierra earlier I feel like I was trying to write this out had a lot of trouble so I'm just gonna read the uh summary that NPR gave us because it was very good and they summed it up quite nicely that I don't think I I would spend about an hour trying to ramble on throughout (laughs) this whole 450 page book (laughs) right Romeo and Juliet gets a hard-boiled makeover in this historical drama set amid the turmoil of a city torn apart by colonialism in 1920s Shanghai, where we lay our scene, two rival gangs must join forces to hunt down a monster. Juliet Tsai, the daughter of a Scarlet Gang's powerful head, has only just returned from America, where she, has, where she was banished in the wake of a catastrophic romantic dalliance. Now she has to prove to everyone that she can be every bit as ruthless as her father in the quest to keep the Scarlet Gang in charge of Shanghai. But when her people begin dying of a mysterious plague that causes them to rip out their own throats, and she hears a wh- she hears whispers that a terrible creature in the river may be the source, she has no choice but to go against her family's will and team up with Roma, the heir to the White Flowers, sworn enemies of the Scarlet Gang. To make matters worse, Roma's, Roma's the reason her loyalty is always slightly in doubt because it was falling in love with him when they were only 15 that got her banished in the first place. Roma should not, shouldn't be happy about their shaky alliance, but he never did manage to get over Juliet's sigh. Now she's back in his life and making everything harder than it needs to be as they work together to unravel a mystery. The Russian white flowers may be relative newcomers to Shanghai, but the power in their city runs deep, and if Roma, Roma's father finds out that he's collaborating with the enemy, his birthright won't protect him. But the fact is, none of these petty power struggles will matter, even if everyone dies of a strange violent plague, unless the plague is actually just more, just one more weapon in the war for control over Shanghai. So, that's pretty much it. I'm going to begin by pointing out a few things I did, I did like. So, I think Chloe Gong does a really good job of setting scene. Like, I think I was really, I have no idea what 1920 Shanghai was. I right. didn't really know a whole lot about this time period, a whole lot about this setting until she started writing about it. And I was really like put right into the middle of Shanghai and she describes everything really, really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was great. And I think she did a great job of creating these characters that had a lot to them. 
I just think like both Julia and Roma were so complex. They, you know, had this soft side to them where they were teenagers in love. They were, Mm -hmm. you know, being kind of doing what teenagers do and not really caring about consequences, just like wanting to be in each other's companies. It was just, you have that side of them. And then you have the side where Roma literally initiated an attack on Juliet's family. Juliet initiated the killing of Roma's mother. And so you have these characters that inherently want to be good people, yet they're kind of thrown into this gang culture where they can't be in love without someone dying. Right. And so that's like a very interesting struggle that they're both dealing with, even when it comes to saving their city. Even if it's this madness that they're trying to both figure out and they're kind of thrown together, they're still really internally struggling with, if we do this together, somebody's going to die. Because that's what's happened in the past. So yeah. I think I think that tension carries throughout the book. And I think that's one of like the things that I, I really liked about this book. Plus, like, Juliet's kind of a badass, which like yeah. I was missing in the original Shakespeare <laughs> play. Yeah. I'm like, this woman just like wearing this necklace that she uses to choke people. That's pretty cool. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> that was some of the coolest parts I read. This is actually one of the things I really liked and really didn't like was it was Romeo and Juliet without being Romeo and Juliet. Right. There is a second book, too. There is. So who knows? It may be. It may it may end differently, but right. from from the first go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um there were no monsters in Romeo and Juliet, so Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that it, that was definitely a twist. <laughs> what it, what did you like about it? Um I I really actually liked the ending quite a bit, at least to mm-hmm. the first book. I obviously haven't read the second book yet. I really liked the the ending of the first book being that I actually wasn't expecting the villain to be the villain. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. I really thought that it was leading up to being all the Communist Party and everything. Um, So I thought that was very interesting that it ended up not being, it ended up being someone who was very interested in Juliet from a romantic perspective. I also really liked, I did like the attention to detail in the world building aspect of everything. I thought it was very important for you to have like the like kind of the knowledge of how it would have been in the 1920s in Shanghai because you think of 1920s you always think of like the jazz age of you know America mm-hmm. 1920s mm-hmm. and I like to see how that really affected different places in the colonization of Shanghai. I thought that mm-hmm. was a really interesting aspect and probably one of my uh, more favorite details of the book. I was pleasantly surprised that it was a mystery rather than mm-hmm. um, more of a romance. I would call this book definitely more of a mystery. Um, so yeah, I liked all those. Yeah, I have to agree. I did not... I'm usually one that I'm like, I pride myself and I always like predict the endings of these types mm-hmm. of like mystery books. And I didn't call this one. I, yeah. was, I was genuinely surprised. So I, I give them credit. <laughs> And it did leave on a good cliffhanger. Like, you're mm-hmm. definitely wanting to uh, read the next book. I was um, somewhat left with a lot of... I was very happy and pleasantly surprised of the character development. Um, because for the mm-hmm. longest, I was just kind of, like, very much in the same way when I read Romeo and Juliet. Um, like, as a play, 
you know, I was kind of disappointed at the lack of character development between Romeo and Juliet. It was always kind mm-hmm. of these immature teenagers um, fighting their feelings and taking like really big, I guess, daring uh, decisions. Yeah. Stupid decisions sometimes. <laughs> and um, in this case, I was so pleasantly surprised by the ending that Marshall was still alive. Um, oh my gosh, I know. So happy. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> she didn't kill him. She, we didn't go backwards. <laughs> so I really liked that. I, I like kind of saw, like I was like, Marshall should be alive because I like remember her grabbing that vial off of the shelf and I'm like, mm-hmm. maybe she did that. But I'm like, but maybe that comes into play the next book. Right. And so that was like, oh God, thank God. <laughs> well, my brain was literally just going to like Romeo and Juliet as a play. And so mm-hmm. if you're thinking of as the play, I believe if one of the boys from the rival family, mm-hmm. so the Montague family, ends up dying. So my mm-hmm. brain immediately went, it's the same thing. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so I was very happy he wasn't dead because I was like, we didn't get to see their romance flourish. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I feel like that kind of like now like segueing into the things I didn't like I think that was the frustrating thing for me was like I knew it was Romeo and Juliet so I kept trying to like predict what was happening next. Mm-hmm. So I was like oh this is the part where they like do this this is the part where they do this like and I kept trying to like map that out in my head right. but it was not it at all mm-hmm. and so it was just <laughs> it's just like a lot of going back and forth and like oh that's not it like right oh you know, Marshall's going to barge in here, Tyler's going to kill him, and then, you know, Benedict's going to kill Tyler, and then it's going right. to be, like, this fear. Oh, yeah. Like, that's like that's what happens, but it wasn't. So it was a little bit frustrating because you're like, oh, that's definitely, mm-hmm. like, that should happen, but it doesn't happen, which is fine. Like, when a Romeo, like, I get it when you're trying to kind of take creative liberty with this Romeo and Juliet story, but I'm, I'm not sure if it should mark it. I don't know. It was almost like too far off from the Romeo and Juliet right. storyline where I'm like almost like just create different characters. Mm-hmm. Like have it be a rival gang kind of situation, but like don't promote it almost as like a Romeo and Juliet story. Right. Um, I think one of the things that kind of bothered me, I guess, about the book was, like you said, I was very happy that there was a lot of world building, lots of great description. However, I never got too closely... Um, too close to caring about the characters as much as I would have liked to. I feel like it spent a lot of time flip-flopping between characters that I never really got a sense of how they're really feeling all that much, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. And I really like to connect with my characters. Like that is one of my favorite things is really getting in their head, kind of knowing how they're feeling so that I can kind of like disassociate and place myself (laughs) in their situation. Yeah. And like really like imagine myself as this character. Um, So in that way, like loved the world building, loved the detail. I really wish it would have like maybe focused a little bit more on the characters themselves and how they're feeling personally towards everything. Yeah. I, and it's so funny you say that because like I have a bullet here that literally says that I like got lost in the story because we were flipping and shifting and Mm -hmm. we're going to this gang and then we're going to this gang and then we're going to like two random people on the wharf and then we're going here and then it felt like I was like on that ride at the carnival like the zipper ride where you're getting like (laughs) 
<laughs> like whipped around to like different places. And so mm-hmm. I wasn't in a place long enough to be immersed in there. And I think that's honestly why, like I'm diagnosing myself, but I feel like that was honestly why I didn't get into this book and read it as fast as I would have liked. Right. Because I was constantly being like put into different situations. Yeah. And I, you're I not agree. there long enough. Yeah, I would agree. Because there's so many times where, especially where I feel like the sexual tension was supposed to be a little bit greater, that I couldn't really necessarily feel that sexual tension because I was like, well, we're, we're skipping around so much that I don't get a chance to really feel that tension between the two characters that I really enjoy seeing in a lot of books that I read. Of course, like mm-hmm. I am Miss like <laughs> lover of romance novels. <laughs> Um, but you know, in this case, I just wish there was a little bit more of that. And not to Mm -hmm. say that I do really think this book was probably leading up to obviously bigger things to happen in the next coming book. So, I mean, maybe that's why we've had so much world building in this book. It happens with a lot of books, I'm sure. Um, Mm -hmm. so that they're setting up for the next book to have that kind of emotional, give and take mm-hmm. yeah and it may be one of those things where we have to read the second book and mm-hmm. then kind of come back and reevaluate right um but I do think I even said that I mean it, again if you're marketing as a Romeo and Juliet story like that it, their romance is like yeah. the thing mm-hmm. and so I was like <laughs> I was shook when I looked down when I was reading and it was like the first scene where they're like finally kissing and they're finally yeah. like giving into this romantic tension. And I looked down and it was page 350. Yeah. And I was like, it took us 350 pages <laughs> to make it here. I was like, geez, like, right. <laughs> and I mean, it's fine. Yeah. It's a young adult book, I guess. But like, yeah. I mean, I don't I know. Mean, I, I wasn't feel... expecting anything like overtly sexual. You know what I mean? I was just yeah. expecting, like even the few scenes, I just didn't have enough when there was like a knife being held to Roma's throat, like there just wasn't yeah. enough backstory, I guess, for me to be like, oh, yeah, oh, she's holding a knife to his throat. Like this is kind of hot. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. Like we didn't, their backs, like we got like flashbacks of their mm-hmm. story, but it was very like almost as if you're watching a movie and they do a flashback and it's very blurry and it's very like very vague very sur yeah very surface level like we knew they had a relationship but we have no idea like what exactly transpired Mm -hmm. and so you don't get that tension that you would love or if you get the tension it's there for a page and then it's gone (laughs) yeah and you're like okay and now we're back with this person and then we're back with this person given their profession understandable I do get that Mm -hmm. but if you're like you said marketing this as a Romeo and Juliet novel it is kind of hard to see that if the point of a Romeo like Romeo and Juliet it is a tragedy but it is a romance as well mm-hmm. oh I 100% agree and honestly like like you were saying kind of with the build-up and the the world building and the kind of almost like complicated storylines of this like complicated issue of you mm-hmm. know colonization of Shanghai and kind of this like complicated era 1920s it it's labeled as a young adult book but in my head I feel like this was a a little 
bit of a stretch to be a young adult book. Like, it, it did feel a little too dense, almost, mm-hmm. to be yeah. a young adult book, in my opinion. Because um, usually young adult books, I'm flying through. And that may yeah. be another reason why I wasn't, like, I don't see it as a young adult book, because it took yeah. me so long to make it through. Right. So I don't know. Mm -hmm. I would agree. I guess for me, and I know it's a fantasy book, so I guess I need to like get past that. But like (laughs) for me, people will probably be like listening to this and they'll be like, this idiot. Um, (laughs) It's a fantasy book. But I feel like, you know, she's creating this literal monster Mm -hmm. in her book. And I almost feel like it would have been better. And maybe it's just me. But I almost feel like it would have been better since it is such a real time. It's such a real issue of these rival gangs of discolonization of Shanghai 20s. I think it almost would have been better to have like a real monster. So having like a a serial killer, having like a rogue killer that's not with either gang, having Mm -hmm. something like that be the monster out there that's like causing havoc instead of a literal monster with slimy reptilian skin and having little bugs pop out of him it just felt like again if this is like a Romeo and Juliet storyline that doesn't feel very Romeo and Juliet-esque and so that's where it also lost me where I was kind of like oh god it's like a legit monster it felt felt for me a lot more sci-fi in that way than Mm -hmm. than I would say even fantasy because I could see it as like almost like a venom situation or like a symbiote um kind of like attaching itself like it kind of does in the Mm -hmm. book and like transforming this person into like somewhat of like an alien like altering their chemistry and turning them into something else I think I would have rather seen it be more or less like a science fiction than Mm -hmm. it be a fantasy if that makes Mm -hmm. sense because it doesn't feel fantasy when you kind of describe it as cooked up in a lab yeah like bugs that have been like cooked up in the lab and like are kind of communicating all at the same time and it just felt more science fiction to me than than yeah yeah I 100% agree because I feel like if you're labeling it as fantasy it's more mythical Mm-hmm. And that's where I thought it was going when they mm-hmm. first kind of introduced this idea of a monster. I was like, this is going to be like a mythical beast that they, you know, hear stories about. And that that honestly would have been better as well. Like, that would have been fine. But the fact, I don't know, it just felt like a weird reach. Was there anything that you, anything else that really stood out to you? As a whole, like, if we're talking, I really enjoyed the fact that, like, his little sister kind of came into play and... I feel like it added to Roma's character. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we, I know last time we talked about like what, what was great about this character, what wasn't great about this character. Roma for me, I really enjoyed his character as in, I feel like often when you're reading like a Romeo and Juliet, you see Romeo as kind of this like super brazen, like very brave, like outspoken kind of, I don't give a care about anything. And that was very different from, I think, Roma's character. While he is brave and, like, he does what has to be done, but his driving force is ultimately his family, his friends. Mm -hmm. I don't even think it's necessarily, for him, the gang. Mm -hmm. I really thought it was, he could care less about the gang. Mm -hmm. I feel different for Juliet. She, like, cares 
immensely about her gang. And while, yes, her gang is her family, Mm -hmm. a lot of them, I think, honestly, it just strictly is the gang for her that she is so very, Mm -hmm. um, like, that is one of her main motivators. Mm -hmm. Whereas Roma, it was like, my sister, like, the reason now he hates Juliet is, or possibly hates Juliet, we don't really know, because of his mother, while hers, I felt like, was more of like, you attacked my home, my gang. Whereas it was like for him, you, I'm sure now with the mother thing and him thinking Marshall's dead, it's like you attacked my family. Yeah, it's almost as if like Chloe Gong kind of flipped the script mm-hmm. on what what is a typical male hero in this type of story? What is a typical female hero in this right. type of story? Where Juliet's more of the the tough gun, like She's ruthless. yeah. Literally, she, <laughs> literally <laughs> cuts people's throats like like she's the one killing people and being like, Roma, what? why aren't you pulling the trigger? Why aren't you doing this? Right. Where he is like taking a moment to like think things through, even in like the great scene of them drinking with uh, the oh, yeah. with like the guy who delivers the packages to the Larkspur, like the, mm-hmm. you know, said said villain right. um, to his place like. They're having a drinking contest, and Roma's the one that passes out. Right. <laughs> and Juliet's the one's like, you can't She's even hold your liquor. <laughs> and that scene was just like, oh, that's so good. Right. It's nice to see. And I like that she was like, you're supposed to be Russian. And he's like, I'm Russian, not an alcoholic. And I thought that was a really good, like, that's quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's good. That's funny. That's good. And I do have to say, like, her writing is really good. Um, oh, yeah. Agreed. Like, like there was this line I highlighted, and it was so good. And it and said, like, you destroy me, and then you kiss me. You give me a reason to hate you, then you give me a reason to love you. Is this a lie or the truth? Is this a ploy or your heart reaching for me? And that just struck me. Like, that's the epitome of that Romeo and Juliet storyline. Right. And especially the one in this, especially the one in this novel, where... I feel like there's a whole lot more hatred. There's a whole lot more tension. There's a whole lot more substance to mm-hmm. this relationship than if we met them at 15 right. and they had this relationship. And so I think that is honestly an interesting angle that she's taken is like, what would happen if Romeo and Juliet like were split up before they made like stupid teenager decisions right. and were kind of placed in these older, like young adult Mm-hmm. bodies and what would happen then right well it, it is nice because like you said with if you're thinking like typical Shakespearean Romeo and Juliet you're really seeing them super young and you've seen that mm-hmm. now like with the flashbacks and everything and you are giving them a bit more meat they're taking in like real adult decisions now like mm-hmm. do I choose romance and love over like what is supposed to be my career, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You can call your gang your career. Um, I mean, I'm sure some do. Hey, why not? Um, you know, real. And and then she even brings up the idea of running away to America is like put in front of them. And she's like, you know that we could never do that. Mm-hmm. Like that just is not a possibility for us. Like even if we would have wanted to, which we don't. Mm-hmm. Like At least she was like, at least... I don't think she does, you know, 
that's not a possibility for them. And younger Romeo and Juliet or Roma and Juliet would have said, yeah, that's a great idea. We could definitely do that. And I like that aspect. She's being very like realistic about if two people were in the situation now as like Mm -hmm. young adults. So, you know, like very different decision making. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a lot more like substance to their character, a lot more Mm -hmm. background, a lot more ties that they have, like the stronger the tie to the gang is, which is fascinating because when you're 15, Mm -hmm. 13, like you're not going to, you know, it's seen it's you, you know, they're rivals, but you don't know the whole story. And now they know the whole story. Right. And I did like that. She added a layer of like actual hatred for, Mm -hmm. for at least Juliet's part for Roma. I don't know that Roma had any hatred for her at all until Until... the end of the book. Ah. (laughs) Um, But you know, at the beginning of the book, she really harbored like some resentment towards him that, I liked seeing because it le- like made it less about like, this is just our family drama. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this was just our family drama. And now then it's now it's personal. You got people, <laughs> yeah. You got people I cared about killed. And yeah. on our property, like you, this was only information you could have gotten. Mm-hmm. But I did like how they kind of somewhat mended that telling her it was the decision of your people are you. And I was going to choose you. So yeah not sorry well let's like kind of get into our final ratings let's like talk about what we think um I personally out of five stars I would give it probably a three and a half um yeah because it's (laughs) I said it's a good it's a good book wouldn't say great um we're gonna get dragged for this I'm almost sure Oh, I know. Uh, and that's okay. <laughs> They're gonna be like, We're all you... entitled to our opinion. Or be like, you idiots, read the second book. And I'll be like, all right. <laughs> Maybe. Um I I liked the re- I liked the creative take on the Romeo and Juliet story. It was a little too slow for me. It was mm-hmm. a little too all over the place. Um, not focusing on, you know, like you were saying, kinda like staying in one place for enough time to really connect with these characters I think the backstory wasn't built up enough of these right. two even like the two gangs and why they're fighting right. um and so I think that could have been used a little bit more um but overall like it was a good book it was fine mm-hmm. um I don't know if I would like recommend it to anyone until I read the second book to see if it's worth it um, but like the last like hundred pages, I think were better than the whole book. Together. Right. I, would, I would I would actually agree with that. Um, I think I would suggest this to a very specific like type of person. My sister is very into this series called Stalking Jack the Ripper, Ooh. and in a lot of ways, very similar. With it's more of a mystery. It's less romance. There is a little bit of romance, um, mm-hmm. and you're kind of trying to puzzle these things together. It's also adding like a historical fiction kind of aspect to fantasy. And again, that goes with, I know, like we say, what would we suggest someone yeah. else read after reading this? I would say Stalking Jack the Ripper. Just from like what my sister has told me about the books, I haven't read them myself. Mm-hmm. I will have to give them a go, though. <laughs> yeah. 
maybe but, the next one. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would definitely say that was the last few guest chapters were what really made me say, oh, I guess I could read mm-hmm. the second book. I, just for my pace and how I like to um, have my characters, like really focused on characters and their feelings. I didn't feel that as much, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, good book, not great. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and it, it's almost as if, like, the last 100 pages were good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's driving me to read the next book. Like, I'm honestly fine to leave it as is, right. which is, like, maybe not the best to, like, leave on a cliffhanger. Even with the cliffhanger, I'm like, mm. Yeah. I don't think I need to know what happens next. Yeah. So, yes, like you said, let's get into pairings. Well, nice little segue. Um, I think I agree, I think for a movie, um, West Side Story. Yeah. Uh, I just watched that the other day, and I was like, boom, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great little play on the Romeo and Juliet story. It's just a fun musical. It takes that. I think the main connection is that Romeo and Juliet story, the rival gangs, the you know the battling feuds of these two um, groups that are supposed to hate each other, but yet these two people fall in love. <laughs> that was like the only thing I could really think of off the top of my head. Um, what was the book you were saying? The Jack the Ripper. Stalking Jack the Ripper. I think that series kind of plays into the. It has a little bit of historical fiction has a little bit of I want to say science fiction as well perhaps Mm -hmm. and then it also has that fantasy aspect later on so I would say stalking Jack the Ripper um also would say West Side Story as well (laughs) and you know if you're a classic galley and you haven't read Romeo um, and Juliet (laughs) if you haven't read Romeo and Juliet yeah definitely give that a read um you know I'm a big Shakespeare fan in general I actually really enjoy reading Shakespeare's plays so I would say read Shakespeare awesome I love that I know I'm trying to think if there's anything else usually I come up with like tv shows and books but I just kept my mind just kept going to like Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo (laughs) DiCaprio right (laughs) um uh, interesting it's (laughs) that's not my favorite it's so funny. I love Baz Luhrmann, so like I'm all about it. But it, it's uh, it's a whack. It's a wacky movie. It's <laughs> all I got at this point. Well, awesome. That is our show. I so appreciate you, Sierra, coming on here and chatting with me. I had of a I freaking blast. Uh, <laughs> and stay tuned for our next one, everyone. Should be a good one. Well, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, then please go give it five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. If you want more book-related content, find us on Instagram and TikTok at Podcast. Again, that's at R-W-R-E-A-D-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That's at Podcast. Stay tuned for our Small Sips episode where we do a 10-minute deep dive on a book-related topic. This week, I am exploring the couples in the books that are just the worst, so it should be a fun episode. And next Monday, Abby and I will be discussing the book Malibu Rising. You really won't want to miss it. Until next week, keep your books open and your drink glasses full. Thanks all. Thanks all.